0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. So why don't we all stand and give him a huge welcome down as you come to share with us right now. God bless you. Come on, let's give it to Jesus. I said, let's give it to Jesus. Come on, give him the praise. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. Welcome to everybody tonight. We're glad that you made it on a Friday night. How many of you are glad we're not watching some stupid movie or something dumb on TV? I'm not getting an amen here. It's better than sitting in some pub and getting drunk. We get drunk on the new wine tonight. Amen. Get drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'm not getting too many amens here. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get straight into the Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I was teaching from uh, verse 7 last night. The purpose on the teaching around the offerings is not to see, um, you know, uh, or not to try and get money out of you. The idea is to see where is the blockage, what hinders us from getting the blessing of God financially. So verse 7 says, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Somebody say heart. Not from your head, but from your heart. How are we to give? Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, say me, always having all sufficiency in all things. Isn't that cool? God doesn't want you to be struggling or just making it. He wants you to have all sufficiency in all things. And not just that, but that you may have an abundance for every good work. Every good work. As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, and His righteousness endures forever. How do I know what is a good work? How do we know that where we sow our seed is a good place? I think I want to share on this. The Bible teaches and says that you judge a tree by the fruit that it bears, right? So how many of you sitting here tonight say, I really work hard for my money? Oh, we have some liars here tonight. Come on, how many of you say, I work hard for my money? My money is precious to me. I mean... I mean, anybody who understands that you're not just going to take your money and throw it away. A farmer won't sow his seed on, on a concrete highway. He's never going to get a harvest. Can you say amen? And there's a lot of people who give their money, but it doesn't feel like ever they're getting something back. So the question is, are you sowing your seed on fruitful soil? So how do we know what is the difference? Well, I have five ways of checking it out. This is how I personally, my wife and I, this is how we would check out a ministry, whether it's good or bad. A church or whatever it is. I'm putting my money. Number one, that organization or church has to preach the unadulterated word of God. Who understands the word unadulterated. The perfect word. Amen. Uncompromising. The truth. Not a watered down, tickle my ear, sugar coated candy messages. But preaching the word you can at least say "Mm mm-hmm secondly that church needs to see people get saved if you belong to a church where you've never seen people go forward for salvation then you need to put a question mark behind that why do you go to a place where souls are not being saved because the church is there to save people can you say amen I don't know. There's lots and lots of people who, who, who uh, go to church, but they never see people get saved. Never. We've seen more salvations this week than some churches have seen in three years. Isn't that true? So I don't know about you, but I think that's sad because I want to sow my seed where there's people going to get saved. The third fruit I would look at is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit must operate. The gifts of the Spirit must operate in that church. Say, what do you mean? Well, I look at Jesus, and that's what I'm going to preach on tonight. I want to talk about what's a Christian. Because a Christian is is somebody who is like Jesus. Can you say amen? What did Jesus do? He prophesied, healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons. He goes on. He did so many miracles, signs, and wonders. And a church must bring a demonstration of the power of God. If you are in a church that is not bringing a demonstration of the power of God, well, then it's like joining just some club, a coffee club or something. Is this okay if I preach a little bit tonight? Because I want to get want to get a return on what I'm sowing into. Can you say Amen? The fourth thing that I would that I would um, look at is that are these people taking care of the poor? James chapter 1 verse 27 says that true religion is to take care of the widows and the orphans. So are they, are they helping the poor and the needy? That is a very important fruit because that's true religion. James 1 verse 27. If your church that you're at is not getting involved in giving to the poor, then you need to ask why. And number five, a good church or organization must be involved in missions. You've got to sow intermissions. If you're not sowing intermissions, how are you going to reap a harvest? Uh oh. Is that true? So I need to ask myself this question that where I'm sowing my seed, am I sowing it into good soil? And so I'd recommend you again, you know, as I've been doing in the evening, that if you want to know what we're doing, go and check out our website. You can see us. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, our website is www.deonhockey.org. Our ministry is called Healing Ministries International. And uh, we are funding pastors. We are taking care of orphans. We are uh, helping build churches. And so the list goes on. So just to let you know that you're not just sowing money into Dion Hockey. You're sowing it into a ministry. Amen. So just to share that with you. I hope you're okay to receive that. Now look at verse 10 real quickly. Verse 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, say this, say God always, supplies seed for me to sow. Don't come to me and tell me I don't have to give. Because you do have to give, because the Bible says God gives you seed to sow. Well, thanks for all the amens here. You can't say I don't have to give because the Bible says he supplies seed to the sower. And not only that, he also gives bread for food. So God gives you seed to sow and he'll meet your need. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says that my God shall supply your every need. All your need, all your need, God will take care. But not just will he take care of your need, but he will give you seed to sow. And not only that, but he goes even beyond that. He says he will supply and multiply. Somebody say multiply. What will he multiply? The seed you have sown. Woo! God's not a stingy God. Amen? God's a good God. He keeps on giving, keeps on giving. You cannot outgive God. The more you give, the more you get back. The amens just passed as amening up front here. The rest all quiet. <laughs> Amen. Now the question is tonight, yes, tonight's teaching. Are you eating your seed or sowing your seed? What are you doing? Because sometimes God comes and he blesses you with a bit of extra finances. Is that finances he's blessed you with? Is that seed for you to sow or bread for you to, to eat? Because a lot of people take their seed and eat their seed and never get their needs met because they keep on eating their seed when you should be sowing your seed. A, a friend of mine in, um, in Africa, he went to go and do missions work in a certain country. And the, when he got there, the, it was so poverty stricken, just poor people everywhere. And He taught them. He went into this village. There was nothing there, nothing. And he began to preach the gospel, and he started teaching of the law of sowing and reaping. And there was a field next to the village. And he asked the village leader, whose field is that? And they said, no, it's our field. And then he said, I'll teach you the law of sowing and reaping. So he got the men of the village, and they began to clean the field up. And once they've cleaned the field up, they went and they plowed the ground. And then he went and the the, the missionary bought corn seeds. He bought a whole bunch of it. And he started showing them exactly how deep to plant the seeds. And uh, when he had done all of this, you know, he said there is going to come a harvest. This is what you do with it. And once the harvest is ready, then you take 10% of that harvest and you put it back so that you can have seed to sow again. You take 10%, you hold it back because you can, this is where your seed is going to come from. God says he'll multiply the seed that you've sown. Can anybody get that? He taught them how to make seed, how to get the seed off the corn. He taught them everything. So the first season went by and they got this beautiful harvest. Oh, and the village people were shouting with joy because for the first time they had something physically to eat. And then he took that seed and he showed them to plant again. He did it a second time. But in that second season, he went off to go and minister at another place. And he was away for a couple of months. And so when he came back to this, for this first village, he got there and he found that the ground had just been lying there. There was nothing growing, nothing happening. And he went to the head, the village leader, he said, why is there not something growing? Why didn't you continue to sow seed as I taught you? And they said, well, we were so hungry, we ate it all up. Well, it's a sad story, but the fact of the matter is that they should have sown their seed. Hello? And this is what most of us do. We take our seed, our extra money, whatever God gives us, birthday money, Christmas money, you know, gifts, bonuses, increases, whatever we get. And instead of sowing our seed to, to secure our future in God, we take that extra money and we eat it. Well, thanks for all the amens here. So you got to understand what is seed and what is bread. What is seed, what is bread. Amen. Is that helping you? Get Sorry, <laughs> quickly get your offering out that you're going to give tonight if you want to. Ashes, you can come on down to the front. We are going to send the buckets around tonight, okay? We will send it around. Would you take your neighbor's hand quickly and let's lay hands on this offering that you're going to give to the Lord. Remember, you don't have to give if you don't want to. It is your choice whether you would like to give. If you believe tonight you're sowing into good soil, ask the Lord what you need to do tonight. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, do you have faith? If they say yes, take their hand. If they don't have faith, let go of their hand. Father, we pray over this offering right now. And we bind the spirit of poverty again in Jesus' name. We rebuke every curse, every lie, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you'll come and bless every man and woman that's giving. Multiply the seed, Father. And I pray that they will all receive a minimum of a hundredfold return. In Jesus' name, those who believe with me says, Amen. Go ahead and take up the offering. God bless you. I just want to real quickly say, um, on behalf of my wife and I, Pastor Russ, thank you again for having us this year. I love this church. You have a great church. Come on, this is an awesome place. I just love it. love the worship. I love the move of the Spirit. uh, It's really a place where one can come and just, you know, just preach knowing that there's going to be no opposition. So we're very excited and thank you for having us. I I hope that you guys had a great time. And as we end off tonight's meeting, the last night for us over here, Maybe, hopefully, we'll come back again. If not, we'll see you in heaven. Amen. How many of you would love Jesus to come right now? I'd love Him to come right now. I'm ready for Him to come. (laughs) See, some people, what? Yeah, I want Him to come right now. No, 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 not now. Well, if you know Him, you want Him to come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, Lord Jesus, come. So I want to end off tonight's... um, Thing because of all the people that are here tonight, I just want to leave tonight by teaching you on the word Christian. Say with me, Christian. Christian. How many of you tonight say, I'm a Christian? Raise your hand. You say, I'm a Christian. Now, how many of you know that's a serious thing to do, is to say, I'm a Christian? Because a lot of people should rather call themselves churchgoers instead of Christians. Uh Uh-oh. Because as I said earlier on, the word Christian means to be like Christ, or the direct translation means to be Christ-like. So if somebody comes to you and asks you, are you a Christian, and you say, yes, I am, what you're actually saying is, look at me, I am like him. Did you get that? If somebody says, are you a Christian, and you say, yes, I am, then you are saying, look at me, I am like Jesus. And unfortunately, I don't see that in most churches today. I don't see Christians looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, moving like Jesus. But I see a lot of Christians looking like the devil, talking like the devil, operating like the devil. Turn to your neighbor and say, speaking to you, not to me. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people who are operating more like the devil than they are like God. Now, I know that some people would come and get angry at what I'm saying, and they say, but it's impossible to be like Jesus. We can't do the things of Jesus, what he did. So I want to do a real quick comparison of what is a Christian, that you and I can be like Jesus. I said we can be like Jesus. And I want to get rid of that religious silly arguments that some people have, you know, but you can't be exactly like Jesus. And I'll prove it to you. John chapter 14, verse 8. Can I give you lots of scripture tonight? John chapter 14, verse 8. Or let's read first verse 12. Verse 12 says, Jesus is speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he... Who believes in me? How many of you believe in him? The works that I do, not dead, not going to do what he's doing because he's alive, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you say amen? So, the works that I do, he who believes will do also. So if you want to tell me I can't do the things that Jesus did, then you're making Jesus Christ to be a liar. Because Jesus said, what I'm doing, you can do also. Well, thanks for the amens there. The only reason why we're not doing it is because you don't believe it. And the reason you don't believe it is because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against Satan and his demons. And Satan is called the father of lies. And he's been lying to the Christians for years and years and years and years. But I'm going to take back what the devil stole tonight. Come on. We can do the works of Jesus. We can do the same things he did. Each and every one of us sitting here tonight. You can do it. I said you can do it. And not only can you do what Jesus did, but you can do greater works. Turn to your neighbor and say you can do greater works. Say that with more faith. Come on, say it. You can do greater works than Jesus did because I go to my Father. How many of you believe that one? So look at verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Look at verse 10. Very important. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, the Father who dwells in me does the works. What do we see here? Number one, Jesus doesn't take glory for himself. He gives it immediately to God. Immediately. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So Jesus said, I am in the Father. The Father is in me. What I am doing is not me. It's God in me doing it through me. That's what Jesus said. Can you all say amen? Go to 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to go really quickly through this. 1 John chapter 4 verse 15. Whoever confesses... That Jesus is the Son of God. How many of you have confessed Jesus to be the Son of God? In other words, you've come to salvation, right? Given your life to Him. Well, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. God abides in Him and He in God. So let, look at me if you can. Jesus stands and he says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me, right? Jesus. Yep. Now, you and I, we come to get to know Jesus Christ. We, we get saved, and born again. Now we can, like Jesus, say, we are in the Father and the Father is in us. Yes. Yes. Christian means to be what? Christ-like, to be like Jesus. Jesus said, I'm in the Father, Father is in, you, in me, you and I get born again, we are in God, God is in us. Yes. Same thing, you understand that? Yes. Then he goes on, verse 16, we have known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Yes. Say this, say, God is, God is love. That's what we heard tonight, Pastor, Sam. God is love, can you say Amen. So when when Jesus is love, because we've received Jesus in our hearts, we have that same love inside of us. Because it's not our love, it's his love. You get what I'm saying? Amen. Now watch this. He says, verse 17, Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now underline the sentence, very important. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Did you hear that? As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Not one day in heaven, right here, right now on the earth. So if you want to come to me and tell me I cannot do what Jesus did, then I'm telling you tonight that's a lie of Satan. You can do what Jesus did because as he is, so are we on this earth today. Getting it? Don't let the devil lie to you. You can do the works of Jesus. Let me move on. Matthew chapter 3. I'm just going to bombard you with verses. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? So in Matthew chapter 3 verse 13, very popular scripture says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Somebody say baptized. baptized. What does the word baptized mean? It means to be fully immersed in water. Somebody say fully immersed. Another word for it means to be dunked. All the young people here, have you ever played in the swimming pool and you catch your friend and you dunk him? That's baptizing. You dunk them, you put them in, the water, under the water. Another word for baptism means to be pickled. (laughs) I like that one, to be pickled. Have you ever had chocolate chip cookies with coffee? Has anybody ever had chocolate chip cookies? I don't know if you do that, but when I take my chocolate chip cookies, sometimes I dunk it in the coffee and then I eat it. Has anybody ever done that? That's baptism. That's baptism. You don't put your cookie on the side of your coffee and stick your fingers in the coffee and then do that on the cookie. That's not baptism. That's sprinkling. I need somebody to go, mm mm-hmm. Because a lot of people say that, that well, uh, you know, I was sprinkled as a baby, so I was water baptized. No, that's not Baptism. That is man-made tradition. Jesus was nowhere in the whole Bible was he sprinkled as a baby. Now, somebody would say, okay, why are you speaking like this now? I'm not knocking churches or denominations. I want you to understand it right now. I am speaking the word Christian. Say Christian. And the word Christian means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? I'm not a follower of a denomination. I'm a follower of Jesus. And Jesus is my King, my Lord, my Savior, my Master. He's my teacher. And Jesus set the way for you and I to follow after. And Jesus was water baptized at the age of 30. A fully grown man. Now, I've seen many Christians sitting in church. That's how I'll never go and be fully water baptized. I was sprinkled as a baby, so that's good enough for me. No, my dear friend, you are now exalting yourself higher than Jesus. You're exalting yourself higher than Jesus. If Jesus was water baptized, then he set the example for you and I to follow after. As he is, so are we. Are you getting my heart where I'm coming from? Jesus was fully immersed in water. You and I get fully immersed in water. So what does the Bible say? Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, right? And then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So you first get somebody saved and then you baptize them. You don't take a baby and baptize the baby. The order is wrong. A baby is born in in a world full of sin, but baby hasn't sinned yet. Baby doesn't come out of his mother's womb after nine months. Think about this. Comes out and says, Woo, doc, it was hot in there. Can I have a cigarette and a beer, please? (laughs) Is anybody getting this? Baby has to grow up, baby has to become mature. This young person who, who now becomes mature now has to learn about right and wrong, yes and no. Can you say, mm-hmm? The baby or this young person now has to understand when they become adults, they have to understand who is Jesus, what did Jesus do, why did Jesus die on the cross, what is sin, what is holiness, what is righteousness? And then only when that person now understands who Jesus is and they understand the word repentance and they repent of their sin and they turn from their wicked ways and they give their hearts to Jesus, then and only then do you baptize them. The amens are very few here. As Jesus says, so are we. I've seen some people go through the water baptism because they think it's a fashion parade. My people, my friends have done it, so I'm going to do it. They just do it to be, not be the odd one out. You give your heart to Jesus and you serve Him with all of your heart, then you get water baptized. Is anybody still with me? Are you learning something? Say this, say, as He is, so are we. So Jesus was water baptized, we get water baptized, right? Then the Bible says there that when Jesus had been baptized, when he came up out of the water, how many of you know to come up, you had to go down. Amen. Jesus came up out of the water. And when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and sat upon him. So Jesus receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Can you say amen? Just get the next verse up there, please, who's working there. Verse 14. So John tried to prevent him. How many of you know there's people trying to prevent you from getting water baptized? John tried to prevent him. said, I need to be baptized by you, and you're coming to me. And then it goes on, and he says, next one, verse 15. Jesus answered and said, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. Next one. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and sitting upon him. And then this is the important one. And suddenly a voice came from heaven and said this. This is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased so do you believe family that if jesus was fully immersed in water and received the baptism of the holy spirit and god said i'm happy with you jesus do you think that if you and i now we become born again we get fully immersed in water and we receive the baptism of the holy spirit just like jesus do you think that god is saying to you and i i am well pleased with you Come on, absolutely. God is well pleased with us when we do that. Amen. So look at me. Jesus says, I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. You and I get saved. God is in us. We are in God. Can you say amen? God is love. You and I are love. Jesus was water baptized by full immersion. You and I get water baptized by full immersion. Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You and I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus is, so are we. Jesus said, the works that I do, you can do also. And greater works than these you can do. Do you believe this? John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, real quickly. But you have an anointing. Verse 20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. How many of you agree, when Jesus was water baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, he is now called the Anointed One. Can I say that again? Jesus is the Anointed One. He is the Anointed One, and will always be the Anointed One. But how did he get anointed when the Holy Spirit came upon him? So now you and I, like Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit, so you and I, like Jesus, also have an anointing. Come on, who gets what I'm saying? Turn to your neighbor and say, "You have an anointing. You have an anointing." Verse 27, verse 27 says, "But the anointing the anointing which you have received from him abides in you." And you do not need that anyone teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Your greatest teacher you will have is the Holy Spirit. Your greatest teacher is the Holy Spirit. You won't have any other great teacher. You can go to Bible college and they'll teach you some good truth there. But the best experience you'll have is in the field with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you. I was speaking on that a lot this week. But if Jesus now is the anointed one, what I'm teaching tonight is you and I also have the same anointing. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit. How many of you agree with that one? John chapter 1, verse 1. Sorry, I'm rushing through this, but I want to get the verses in for you to understand. You are a Christian. Don't you, neighbor, and say you're a Christian. That means you can do what Jesus did. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, listen to this one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is awesome. I got a revelation in this only a couple of years after I got saved, because we hear this preached many times, but I didn't get the revelation. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Look at verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the beginning was what? In the beginning was what? The Word. I'm looking for a paper Bible. (laughs) Everybody's got all these technical Bibles here. (coughs) There we are just, I want, this is a big one. All right. Thanks, Pastor. Don't worry, I got one. Thank you. <laughs> Why is a ton? <laughs> in the beginning was the word. What? what is in my hand? What is the word called? The Bible. So in the beginning was the Bible, the word. Can everybody agree? Where was this word? It was with God. Where's God? In heaven. Can you say amen? God is in heaven. And the word was in heaven. All right? So the word and God is now two separate things we're speaking about. The Bible says that the word came down on the earth and dwelled among us. So who came from heaven down to earth? Jesus. Jesus. Can you say Jesus? Jesus? So Jesus, who is the word, took on the form of flesh. And when Jesus took on the the form of flesh, the Bible says that we beheld His glory. What does that mean? We beheld His glory. It means that they saw the power of God flowing through Jesus. There was a glory upon Him. Can anybody agree? So Jesus, thank you. Jesus did not have to walk around with a big Bible under His arm to prove who He was or is. But the people read the Bible off of his lifestyle. I want to say that very clearly. When Jesus walked the earth, they saw the word in action. The word was in action. What kind of action? He healed the sick, raised the dead, preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. He did signs, wonders, and miracles every day. Can somebody say amen? Every day Jesus did that. When people were looking at him, they saw the Bible in action. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse one says, 2 Corinthians 3:1, do we begin again to commend ourselves or do we need as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Verse two, watch, you are our epistle written in our hearts. Known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, and that is of the heart. What am I teaching? Christian, right? Christian. We are Christians. Jesus said, the works that I do, you can do in greater works. Yep. Right? Now the, now people say, no, no, I can't do it. So what I'm trying to do tonight is to prove to you that you are a Christian to be like Jesus. Yes. You can do what Jesus did, undeniably. Yep. Right. So Jesus says, I am in the Father, the Father is in me. The works that I do, the miracles I'm doing is not me, it's God in me. You and I get born again. The same God that lives in Jesus, same God that's in us. Yes, right. Can you all say amen? So God. We say, God is in me, and I'm in God. So when I'm speaking, tonight as I'm speaking, it's not me speaking to It's God in me speaking to you. Right. Yep. When we lay later on going to pray for you, lay hands on you, God's going to heal you. It's not me healing you. It's God healing you. That's right. That's right. That's right. God is love. We are love. Yep. Jesus was water baptized as a fully grown man. You and I get water baptized. Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power. You and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power. Anybody still with me? Jesus was the word made, uh, sorry, Jesus is the anointed one and had the anointing. You and I, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, have an anointing just like Jesus. We also are anointed. Jesus is the word made flesh. You and I have the word of God written on our hearts, known and read by all men. Friend. You confess to be a Christian. There are people that are looking at you every day. And they are supposed to be reading the word off of your lifestyle. And I'm going to get a little bit serious tonight. Because my question is, what do people see you live like every day? How do they see you live? Are you drinking, smoking, swearing, whoring around, watching porn on TV, fighting, hating, jealousy, lust, perversion? Is this what you're doing? Because Jesus was not like that. Well, thanks for the amens here. Yeah. Jesus didn't sit around the campfire with Peter and Mark and John and Luke. And he didn't take some, you know, didn't take a, a, a pipe, you know, and smoke some marijuana. Ooh, Peter, look at that hot babe. Ooh, man, what a hot babe. Man. He didn't drink and get drunk and say, woo, let's go and have some church. In actual fact, the opposite was that Jesus went, and the Bible says how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good, healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of diseases, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, casting out devils. Hello, somebody. He was was the word in action. But when I look at Christians today, I see them smoking, drinking, whoring around, fighting, and the list goes on and on and on. And that is not the representation of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching to you on a Friday night. On a Friday night. We are here and when you wake up tomorrow and you walk out in the streets and you get in the shopping mall or whatever you're going to do, there is somebody watching you. Oh, that guy says he's a Christian. He, did you hear that guy says he's a Christian? But do you hear them swear? My goodness. They swear worse than I, were. I used to swear when I was in the world. Christians using the, the foul language, I don't get that, using the Lord's name in vain, I always find it amusing, you know, when people get mad, have you ever heard that, And I'm saying this uh, with the Lord's over under the blood because I'm trying to teach, but some people get mad and they say, oh Jesus, why don't people say, oh Muhammad, why well, don't get mad and say, oh Buddha. Because the devil knows that Muhammad is dead and Buddha is dead. and everybody's, But there's one God who's alive and his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's alive. I don't get it how Christians can sit in circles and laugh at filthy jokes. When people at the office get together and they say, did you hear this one? And they begin to tell those ugly full jokes. Perverseness. And the Christians go, <laughs> no, you mustn't laugh at it. Well, thanks for the amens I'm getting here. When, you, when, the, when the boys go out to the pub, you drink a Coke. You don't get drunk with them. Well, thanks for the amens again. Say, so brother, don't preach about alcohol. Let that one go because I love my alcohol. It's my baby. I'm protecting it. Shh. Don't, don't speak about my baby. Because Christians love to protect their sin. I'll stop here because I see some of you loving me even more now. Wherever you're walking, people are reading Jesus over your lifestyle. And friend, I hope that you are keeping your end and walking proud with Jesus. And not having people see a different lifestyle. John chapter 1. Come on, I'm almost finished. Who's getting this? I'm rushing, I'm rushing. John chapter 1. Verse 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through Him and without Him nothing was made that was made. Verse 4. In Him was life. Somebody say life. Where was the life? In Him. In Him. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. See, when Jesus showed up where there was darkness, his light exposed the darkness. And the demons were manifesting, and people got mad because he was preaching a truth. Can you all say amen? Jesus exposed the darkness. He he was life. He was joy. And wherever Jesus walked, he had thousands of people following him every single day. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. No, I read that one. Matthew 5, sorry. Matthew 5. Jesus is speaking. Verse 14. Are you ready? Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, commandment. Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your what? Whoa, we say by grace, not by works. But Jesus said, Whoa, hang on now. He said, You gotta let your lights so shine that people can see the good works. Because Jesus was full of good works. He was full of good works. Come on, somebody. He did good works. And Jesus is saying today to you and I, if you're calling yourself a Christian, then your light should be shining and there should be good works. Hello? Don't be a double, a 007 undercover agent for Jesus. Who knows what I'm talking about? A James Bond for Jesus. They only come up on a Sunday, but they disappear through the week. Those of you who weren't yeah, I'd like to say it again. Some Christians are submarine Christians. They dive under the water. Boop, they're gone. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you don't see them. They no way to see. You don't hear them? No, but Sunday morning, boop, they come back up again. Sunday morning, bless God, they put on their little Christian faces. How you doing? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then boop, down they go again. Monday morning. So. <laughs> Who knows what I'm saying is the truth. That is a double agent. You're a double agent. Some don't be a double agent for Jesus. There's a word I'm not allowed to preach. My pastor rebuked me many years ago, but I'm not afraid of man. I fear God. There's a word that we learned. It's called two face. Two face. My pastor said, Don't ever, ever, don't, don't say people are two faced because you're going to make them mad. I said, Oh, that's good. <laughs> because we, there's people with two faces. They have a Sunday face and then they have the Monday to Saturday face. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? What is the Sunday face? Like this. How are you doing? Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the Monday to Saturday face like this. you <laughs> 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 your I' and say, golly, I hope I don't look like that. <laughs> Who's learning something? Are you getting this tonight? We are Christians. You say, but I can't be like Jesus. That's a blatant lie. Blatant lie. Jesus said, I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. You and I get born again. The Father is in us. We are in the Father. Jesus is love. We are love. Jesus was water baptized, we get water baptized. Jesus receives the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the anointed one, you and I have the same anointing. Hello? Jesus was the word made flesh, we have the word of God written in our hearts. Jesus is the light, you and I are the light. Jesus said the works that I do, you can go and do also. Last verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. May I say, as though God was pleading through me tonight. To you, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come on, I want your attention. God is pleading through me to you tonight, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, Mr. and Mrs. Believer, that you get reconciled to God. What is an ambassador? Well, when I flew in from South Africa and I landed on the ground in Perth, and I stepped out of the airplane and I touched the ground of Australia, when when my feet touched the ground, I became an ambassador of South Africa to this country. I'm a representative, right? I'm, a represent- I'm representing South Africa. When you see me, you see South Africa. Now, when I walk into a church, tonight, when I walked in, some of you who've never seen me before, you're looking at me tonight. So what you are seeing is me representing the South African Christian church. The way I operate, the way I worship, the way I talk, everything that I do represents the church of my country. Does that make sense? Now, you guys who belong to this church, I don't know what other churches, members, or, or, or sorry, visitors, but I'm speaking to you guys who belong to this church. Listen to me very carefully. You are representing your church every day. Can I go a step further? You are representing this couple sitting here. Now, if you get out on a Monday swearing, fighting, whoring around, having sex with everybody, Drinking, getting drunk, you are actually saying, look at us, because this is how my pastors are. You're actually saying, this is how my church is. This is what my church does. And if I can go a step even further, that we are representatives of Jesus Christ. And we represent heaven. And if the world out there looks at us drinking, smoking, fighting and and hating and and walking around with this falseness about us, then we are actually saying, when you look at me, this is how my Jesus is. And I get very disappointed when I see people living like that because God is not like the devil or like the world. Come on. He's a holy God, a righteous God, a pure God. Can you say amen? Amen. So if you love your church, then you love your pastors, please do not put up the false, uh, false um, representation of who this church is. Don't do that. And if you love Jesus more than you love your church and you love your pastors, because you ought to love Jesus more, can you say amen, then I am so in love with God that I'm going to do nothing that will compromise Him. I'm going to shine my light. I'm going to live holy, I'm going to live pure, I'm going to live righteous, and I'm going to do the works of Jesus. I'm going to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, because freely I've received, freely I will give. And when I do that, people will not look at me, but they will see Christ in me, and they will say, surely there is a God, and I want to serve that God that you are serving, because you are bringing the change, you are showing the difference of who Jesus is. I don't serve a dead God. I serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Give him praise if you believe that. Come on. He is alive. He is a real God. He is a mighty God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed real quickly tonight, and I'm going to ask you very, very, uh, please, please do not walk around. Please do not stand up and move. Because I have a very, very serious, very, very serious question to ask your friend. And don't look at your buddy. Don't look at your friend next to you. I'm asking you tonight as your head is bowed. Are you ready? Here's the question. Are you a Christian or are you a churchgoer? What are you? Are you a Christian or are you a churchgoer? Go and sit in the garage for 10 years and see if you'll be a car when you come out. Did you get that? A lot of people are sitting in church. Doesn't mean they're Christians. You can go and sit in the doghouse for 20 years. Does that mean you become a dog? You can sit in church for 20 years. Does that mean you're a Christian born again on your way to heaven? Well, if you're sitting there tonight and maybe my teaching has, has rocked you and you said, man, I never, I never heard it like this. Am I doing the works of Jesus? Am I, am I like Jesus? Am I, are people reading God in me? Are they seeing God in me? And if not, friend, then you need to repent tonight. And you need to be reconciled to God. Does God hate me? No. Does God love me? Yes. Does God hate the sin in my life? Yes. He doesn't like what you're doing. That's why he says repent, repent, come back to me. Come back to me, turn from your wicked ways. You see, if I had to ask another question and take it a step further, if you died tonight, if you died right now, are you going to heaven or hell? Are you going to go up or down? Where are you going? Some of you say, I hope I'm going to heaven. No, you'll go to hell. So why do you say that? Hoping's not knowing. Some of you say, Well, if I die, I think I'll go to heaven. No, you're going to go to hell. Thinking's not knowing. You can note that you know that you know tonight that if you died, you'll spend eternity with God. So I'm going to ask this now with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Brother Dion, I was asked to come here tonight. I don't know what to expect, but golly, you've you've spoken to me and I, I acknowledge tonight I'm not a Christian. I don't even know Jesus. Yeah, I go to church, but I don't have that relationship with him. And if I had to die tonight, I think I would truly go to hell. And I do not want to go to hell. Please, you got to pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are a visitor from another church, we're not trying to rob you from your church, honestly. You can go back to your own church and you can serve God there. But don't miss this opportunity of salvation tonight. I'm telling you, there's an urgency in my spirit. There is an urgency or oh, the Holy Ghost is crying out in me. And he's saying, I want you to call the people out. They need to get saved. They need to get saved. They need to get saved tonight. So if you are sitting and you say, Dion, please, please, please pray for me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. When I count to three, nobody looking except me. When I count to three, you put your hand high in the air. Not for me, but for Jesus. If you want me to pray for you tonight. You raise your hand high. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Lift your hand up. Thank you. 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 I see your hands. Thank you. I see your hands. So I'm a little bit scared. I know that scared feeling, but it's not it's not you that's scared. It's the devil that's scared. The devil doesn't want you to raise your hand because he knows he's gonna lose you now. If you are concerned about what your pastor will think or if you're concerned about what somebody next to you will think, please don't let the devil rob you from your salvation. Tonight. Please don't let pride. Pride is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. Don't let pride hold you back. Tonight. Say, Dion, please pray for me. Please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. One, two, three again. Raise your hands. Let me see all over the building. Hands are going up everywhere. Everybody who raised their hands, will you help me? If you raise your hands, will you be bold and will you be brave and will you be strong for Jesus? If you raise your hand, will you stand to your feet right now quickly? Come on, I dare you stand. Stand for Jesus. Come on, you raise your hands. Stand for Jesus. Stand all over this house for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now those of you standing. Would you please come here? Come on down here. We'd love to pray with you. Come on, let's encourage them one more time as they come forward for salvation. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Let's give God a big, 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 big clap off. Come on down. Come on down. Come on in. Family, for the last time, would you please help me? You know every night we've seen at work. Would you turn to your neighbor? If you have to stand up, go to somebody. I'm giving you the liberty. But ask your neighbor, are you right, neighbor, with Jesus? Do you want to give your heart, your life to Jesus? Quickly evangelize. Come on, evangelize. Come on, help me. Stand up, go to somebody. Ask them, friend, we want to help you. We want to help you to come to know Jesus Christ. tonight. We want to help you give your heart to Jesus. Maybe you're a little bit scared. Maybe you're afraid of what people will say or think. Don't worry about that. Nobody's going to laugh at you. Nobody's going to think funny of you. We just want you to come and get saved tonight. God bless you. God bless you. think we should have gone on another week how many think we can have gone another week see more more stuff happen we're only getting the breakthroughs now there are some of you you're looking at me like this and you you you're sitting there saying please hurry up i want to get out of here friend you need jesus you need jesus You need Jesus. Father, I bind every demonic spirit, every blinding spirit, every spirit of fear, every deaf spirit that would stop people from hearing this gospel, from hearing this invitation. I rebuke you, Satan, off of the people right now. The spirit of pride, the spirit of tradition and religion, I bind you in Jesus' name. You let them go. You let them go right now. You will not steal one soul that must be born again. Not one soul. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are convicting them right now. Thank you, Lord, that you are touching them right now. Holy Spirit, you are drawing them to Jesus. Draw them in, Holy Spirit. We ask this right now. Right now. Is there anybody else? For the last time, you want to stand up real quickly, please. If your heart, look at me. Your heart's doing this, and your hand palms are sweating. That means God is knocking at your door. He's asking you to come forward. Last time, I'm going to count to three. Just stand up. Just stand. In the says, pray, please. There's a battle going on for souls now. Pray for that soul. Pray for that soul. I'm not going to give up. If you want to stand up, swallow your pride, swallow your fear, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have the best experience in all your life. You give your heart to Jesus. Just, just stand up and come forward right now and give your life to Jesus. There's another one coming. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. One. One. You know who you are, friend. You know who you are. I've been watching you the whole week. Just get down here and make that decision. Two. Last call. Anybody else? Anybody else? Three. Let's stand to our feet and let's give God praise. Come on, let's clap our hands to Jesus. I would love to lead you all to Jesus tonight, all of you up front here. So would you please hold your hands out like this, you that are about to receive salvation. Before I pray for you, I want you to look at me. Don't worry about him, we understand. Is he deaf or just Now you guys looking at me. Oh, how many are glad about all these young people that are here? Isn't that awesome? Yeah, thank the Lord. (laughs) But I'm not going to fluff around with you. I'm going to speak the truth to you, can I? You are about to make a decision to give your life to Jesus. You're about to say, Jesus, I'm going to let go of the world and the things of the world, and I'm choosing to make you the Lord of my life, and I'm going to serve you. If you are not willing to repent completely, I don't want to pray for you. Somebody say that sounds very hard. No, because I don't want you to come here. Ease your conscience by doing a little prayer and saying, oh, yippee, I gave my heart to the Lord. But you still live the same life when you walk out of these doors. Then you lied. You didn't lie to me. You lied to yourself and to God. Does that make sense? I want you to count the cost. The Bible says count the cost. Understand the the earnestness of this decision. You guys who are young, I got saved at 25. I wish I was your age, some of you. I wish I could have got saved when I was 12 or 8 or 9 years old. I wish I could have done that. But let me tell you, when you truly, truly, truly give your heart to Jesus, then you are going to say, I'm finished with the world. I'm going to serve God. Now, they're going to mock you. Who's going to mock me? My friends. They're going to tease you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to say, oh, you take this Jesus thing too far. See, no, I'm not taking it too far. Jesus, Jesus went all the way. And he died and paid the full price on the cross. If he died and gave himself for me, I'm going to die and give myself to him. I'm going to let go of the world and I'm going to take hold of Jesus. Are you willing to do that tonight? All of you up front, are you willing to do that? Audience, stretch your hands out to these beautiful people. And I want everybody to pray out loud after me. I want everybody to say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you, stand before you. In, the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. And I confess, and I confess that, I that I have sinned. But I ask you right now. To please, me to please forgive me of all my sins, of all my sins. I, believe I believe that the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus washes, me, washes and me and cleanses of me all of all my sins as I, stand here now, as I stand here now I have no more sin I, have no more sin. I, am, forgiven. I am forgiven Jesus, Jesus I, believe I believe you are the son of God you are the son and of God. I believe that God raised you from the dead. dead. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, Jesus, by faith, faith, right now, now, come and live in my heart. heart. I make you the Lord Lord of my life. life. And I choose tonight tonight to turn from my wicked ways. And I will serve you you for all of my days days, with all of my heart, all of my my soul, and all of my being tonight, tonight, I know I am born again. I am am saved. saved. And if I would die, I I will not go to hell. But I will go to heaven. Because my name is is now written written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you God for saving me. Amen and amen. Come on, how about a victory? Shout to the Lord! Yes, Lord!